Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week, this is our second mini-sode talking about the book, The One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. And we are talking about episodes four through six or chapters four through six. In our episode the two. The our book's episode two? episodes four through six. Exactly. Because it's the episodes of the fake dating show correct if you're here you've listened to the first episode (laughs) um and there's so much that happens in these three chapters this was about at the place in the book where i was like well i guess i'm just gonna have to finish this book tonight let's just ride this out till the end i'm gonna have to finish because there's so much juicy shit that happens yeah it gets dense because there's a lot of men because she's on a dating show i was gonna say i think that's like my chief and maybe my only complaint with this book is like, I want to get to know them all better. But much like I feel like when I watch The Bachelor, there's just not enough time. But I feel like in this chunk, we do whittle them down pretty quickly and get yeah. to like our core four, core four, I think five, maybe. Sure. Um, uh, okay, so we start with, um they go to her her hometown ohio ohio is that a real place in ohio sounds real i don't know um they have a barbecue at her parents house um and so we get some nice interactions with her brother we have a lovely brothers brothers um we learn about her relationship with her stepfather we learn that her the man who raised her is her stepfather and is and Bob. He's an absolute delight. Yeah, a lovely character. They have a they have a couple of really nice conversations um, that made me cry. Mm-hmm. He talks about like choosing to be a parent. Yes, and like choosing to like. There's a scene with both her mom and her stepdad where her mom talks about like after her dad left, how easy it would have been to just be like, okay, I'm single and I'm raising my kids and like I'm not going to let anyone else into my life because it's been too hard and like choosing to let that person in and choosing to like be a family um choosing Bob yeah honestly we all deserve a Bob yep that's true she makes out with Asher at her parents house which like again I understand what we're doing but like making out in your parents backyard well, there are people looking. This is why I would never, could never be on a reality show because I'd be like, people are watching. <laughs> Which yes, I guess is we the get, point. We get a nice interaction with Asher because, like, so we left off at the end of last episode. She'd had this one on one with Asher and he refused to kiss her. And so then she was like, he hates me or doesn't like me and he's faking it. And then, so then after a conversation with her stepmom and her, or her mom and her stepdad then she like opens herself up to asher and like goes to him and says like what's going on also she has a good conversation with her sister-in-law and her sister-in-law is like there's something more going on there you need to like dig a little deeper and we find out that asher has children he's a single father and one of his children is his younger child um who is biologically was born a boy Boy. is gender fluid and so asher's having some concerns about putting him on television and they're getting closer to 
hometowns as they would be yeah, called like, in I the bachelor world i understand where we are but then like why would you do this in the first place like i get it i get it <laughs> yes there's a lot for the story <laughs> i think like with asher that part of what's happening is that we're trying to make him seem like a really decent guy but then that is very hard to square with like somebody who comes on a show like this. yes and so but and i guess the same could be said of b but i've just like accepted that i like her <laughs> right because he keeps being he keeps like he also throughout the whole thing is very jealous of the fact that she's like spending time with other men and he really struggles with that and it's like did you not know what was happening here she straight up says that at one point she's like did you know what you signed up for because that's what this right. is which also like to be fair happens on the bachelor all the time there's yes. always a guy who's like i don't like you spending time with other people and it's like okay then date in the conventional sense because that's not what you just agreed to right then like find a girl <laughs> who will commit to a monogamous relationship because that's not what this is right now like huh. maybe it is ultimately but not in this process and they, like, and they like say that his child who i think they, he says still is referred to as he him so we will use he him pronouns for this kid but he likes to like wear tutus and dance around and like i think 15 years ago we would have just said he was gay because we didn't have as quite a deep as understanding as correct of the fluidity of gender and sexuality um but he's also a child so you know he'll discover all that as he grows um that being said he's like my kid really like pushed me to come on this and it's like okay like i guess that's like the cute way of having a single dad come on this but also like you don't have to do what your child like your children want you to do a lot of things that you don't do correct yeah when you think it might not be the healthiest for them yeah but like whatever i'll buy it um <laughs> i am i mean me i buy it i do still really like asher and B's connection, I, I, you know, I enjoy the chapters where they're together. I find them some of the most compelling. So, like, I get it. But maybe this just wasn't the venue for you, Asher. Yeah. Like, maybe this wasn't right for you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen that in contestants. That was very um, obvious. Either from Rachel Lindsay's season? Yeah. Um, the guy that Caitlin Bristow chose, what the hell was his name? Is that not Aaron Rodgers' brother? No, no, no. You're getting Caitlin and JoJo confused. True. I will never understand the difference between Caitlin and JoJo. They are one and the same to me. Caitlin chose a guy, They're the same brand of woman. Sean? I think his name was Sean. You're asking me. I don't know the difference between her and JoJo. <laughs> sure. Sean sounds, Sean sounds like the name of someone who's been on The Bachelor. There's like he four was, names those guys have. He very much struggled with the whole process um okay but like let's separate ourselves from this novel for a second and that like we believe i'm gonna believe asher's story because the book wants me to and i'm buying into it in actual bachelor life i don't believe anyone's struggling with the process it's like you're not you knew what like you know what this is you hope yeah like maybe your brand is that you're struggling with the process because you want to seem like a guy who wouldn't go on the bachelor while being a guy who went on the bachelor sure sure you know yeah that's just my two cents i don't well i don't also b believe anyone when they say anything particularly contestants on reality shows um unless you're a select group of real housewives in which case i'd lay down my life for you okay a select um, group not every real it's basically just like sonia and portia we also get a lot more insight into wyatt mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. wyatt, wyatt the quiet virgin He's, oh wait, they yeah. don't tell us. 
Do they tell us he's a virgin or did I just... He tells her that he's a virgin. There's a series of pages where I wrote gay question mark and then a few pages later wrote virgin question mark. Yeah. So we start to get these hints that he... He's basically like telling her like I've never had a relationship. I've never kissed anyone. I've never and then I think he does tell her like I've never had sex. Um he's very and, um that one that just came out that is actually a bad person. Clayton Colton. Colton? Yes, I got some real Colton vibes because it was the whole like he's a virgin and then so my kind of bells of like is this character going to be gay? went off turns out he's not gay um he identifies as asexual and yeah he turns out to be a much more lovely of a person than colton right allegedly yes yeah um this is not the space for us to unpack (laughs) colton's journey and the people that he harmed in his process but as far as we know wyatt has not um tracked anyone's car allegedly you know Right. So Wyatt in this book, the one to watch, um, ends up coming out to be, and he ends up telling her that he believes himself to be asexual, but he's really struggled with it because he knows his mom really wants him to have get married and have a family. Um, and he kind of like propositions her and says like, you can keep me around and I'll be the safe choice. And then we can kind of have like a nice little breakup down the road. You know, yeah, if like you're she can f- pick him, it'll be comfortable to do their little like promo tour you have to do with the one you picked. Right. Yeah. Because he's basically offering her like friendship and companionship and then they'll go their separate ways eventually. Um, and she's very tempted by this. And I think one of the things I offer. I like about the Wyatt storyline is that they do seem to like really be building this nice friendship and they really like each other and they like each other's company. And then Wyatt's just kind of being honest with her and is like, just so you know, like this, I am not looking for, nor am I capable of a sexual or romantic relationship. Um, but we could be besties. And the other thing that I like about this book is like because there's so many characters, because we're getting multiple men and we have then like their families and their communities and we have B's family, we're getting different, like we're getting a lot of different representation and not maybe not necessarily like deep representation, but we're exploring like what different families look like and, and what, um, different identities are out there and I think it in a book without as if it was just focused on like a core couple that would feel really dense if you were like oh here's another identity and here's another identity like we'd be like okay enough but because it's sprinkled around different people it's a nice way to just kind of like normalize for lack of a better word a lot of these identities well and part of what this book is criticizing in the like world as a whole but particularly in like the online not online dating and particularly in the like um television dating show world is the sort of like size there's a very specific size and type of a woman that is represented on those shows there's also the the bachelor and bachelor shows and like dating shows and reality tv as at large is very like heteronormative and gender binary and all these things that don't that aren't true in the larger world so i do think it's interesting to not only have um 
you know, a plus size mate leading lady. And she's sort of like changing that up in the world. But then underneath that, there's all these different sort of representations of different types of people. Like it's a racially, like, especially in her like final, however many, it's racially diverse. It's, um, you know, you have a gender fluid kid, you have an asexual. And I think it would have been easy to make him a gay version. Like that is what we expected and instead it was sort of like no he actually like it's a different identity altogether and it's really interesting and I think I don't know and I just think she the author Kate Stamen Lennon does a good job of sort of like presenting what the world looks like as a whole Mm -hmm. in this show in a way that like the bachelor shows don't and I think that's her point it's like yeah because truthfully like even in the bachelor like even in the hometowns when we see like their families we don't see any diversity i mean i think like jason tardick's brother was like the first like like out gay sibling that we saw you you know like there's just not a lot of it's all very homogenous or at least it's like edited to look that way and we don't and i think part of that is you know i don't know that if that i'd want to sort of like come out on television in that way i think that especially if you're like the sibling or something of someone who'd gone on television like you're not asked to have that part of your life told on a story or told on a tv show but also like the type because the type of people that go on the bachelor are so similar Mm -hmm. then they come from similar families so they tend Mm -hmm. to be like two suburban 2.5 kid not necessarily a safe place to come out as gay or non-binary or trans or asexual or any of that like there's i think Wyatt's point is like there's an expectation that I'll marry a woman and have children and that's not something I want and I don't know how to broach that because it's what's expected of me and I think like because the people we cast on these bachelor shows are so a specific type of person and the only type of person we see you don't get to see a larger uh, diversity except like every now and then when they're like look we found two black people so now you can go to visit like a black family's home and it's like all right yeah better than nothing but like we're not getting we're not doing any sort of like deep racial gender sexuality diversity at all and so it's sort of nice that in this fictional world because we have a non-traditional uh star you can be like and now we're gonna have a lot of other kinds of diversity to show like what the world looks like as a whole right um we also say goodbye to Jefferson, and he... Jefferson was the one that she sort of mentioned, like, looked more normal, wasn't, like, a male supermodel. Right. Um, he, like, had a scruffy beard. He was, like, a craft beer guy. Right. Uh, um, and she'd chubby, had some, like... Chubby, ginger-bearded guy. She had some, like, nice interactions with him, but no, like, major sparks. So she ends up actually... I think she sends him home before hometowns, because we don't see Jefferson's hometown. Yes, she sends him home um, to Morocco. And he like spews all this like horrible vitriolic hate at her about how um she's never gonna find love and never find a husband until she loses weight and like he was her best chance and none of these men are actually here for her and they should she should hear how they talk about her like when she's not around which is like fueling all the like worst things she's thought about like this whole process and all her like biggest fears such Um, a good like pointed insult like i heard someone I think say to their boss once like everything you worry people think about you is true <laughs> and it's yeah. like such a horrible insult because that's like everyone's biggest fear anywhere yeah your mind can go anywhere and also like when you're having those like negative thoughts about yourself you can be like these are intrusive thoughts like this is not based in reality like my friends really do love me my 
partner or the people I'm dating really do like me. Like you can, you can do all the things and be like, these are intrusive thoughts. And he basically is like, they're not intrusive thoughts. It's true. Everyone, no one is attracted to you. And it's just like, wow, you're a mean person. Yeah. Bad guy. Um, And again, I feel like that's a moment that like is in a lot of ways, like inspired by bachelor. Cause we've seen that before where you have these guys that like come across as like super nice, super normal, like whatever guys. And then the moment they're rejected, they become like heinous, awful human beings. Yeah. Um, it's the like I'm a nice guy syndrome. Like, why would right. you treat me this way? I'm a nice guy, and it's like, no, because the way you're acting, you're obviously not right. And like, she just didn't have a connection with you. Like, take a deep fucking breath. Um. So that was an awful, but also like, really well written moment. Yeah, um, and it's like almost more hurtful that it comes from him instead of one of these like right. traditionally handsome men because. You know, I think he, she sort of had the thought of like, well, maybe this is the one I should pick because maybe he is the only one that like I'm quote unquote worthy of. And then it's like, no, he's terrible. You're worthy of so right. much more. And like, like nobody's worthy be, of this guy. Yeah. Right. Like who maybe the guy you end up with will be traditionally handsome or maybe he won't, but he should at least be nice to you when the chips are down. <laughs> like, right. At least always like you. <laughs> right. Well, and then we get this nice moment where like, so then she's got the, she's got four guys left after that. She's got Asher who she has the children and she has a really lovely connection with him but he is very unsure of this process sam the hot young guy so like she really likes him but he's like super young um wyatt the asexual guy um and luke the french the french chef who's really she has hot hot steamy connections with um so those are her four and they all um sort of like come like commit to her and sort of like they go to her and say like we don't think those things about you right like that guy's a dick like we want you to know like he was the one that nobody liked like nothing that he said is true and they really try and reassure her which is a really nice moment and there's this really like you know, we talked last week during Girl Strip about the ways in which in pop culture, like Queen Latifah is just held out as like hot and desirable and sexy. <clears throat> and that's what really comes through in this scene is like these four men who have been described as like, like hot dudes, like ripped. Yeah, we are like, only left with traditionally handsome men. Yeah, like conventionally attractive men. Different types of hot, but all hot. Are like laying their souls bare for this woman and saying like no we want for this plus size woman saying like we want to be here for you we like you for you and it has you know like nothing to do with her weight no fetishization um like you are hot and desirable we are attracted to you we also like your personality right we'd like to continue dating you because you have a good personality and are an attractive woman (laughs) um it's very sweet all the ones left are varying uh, types of decent people, which right. probably isn't always true with the last four. True. Like, even Luke, who's supposed to be like the oversexed villain, I'm like, honestly, just let him be happy. Right. Like, not he's not for B, but just let him, just let him be happy. Yeah. So the other um, hometowns, we go to Sam's hometown. We meet his parents, who are very fancy. <sighs> very fancy. Very. They're. I think they're doctors or I don't know. One they're a like, doctor and one of them's like a 
finance person or a lawyer, something like. Yes, they're very highly educated, highly professional. Both his, his sisters, sisters are highly educated, highly, highly educated professional. professional. And he's 23 and sort of a little lost and not sure what he wants to do with himself. And um, his parents don't love that. It reminded me of um, something new, like her <laughs> dynamic with her parents where they were very, you know, they like their children. She was a CPA. Her brother was a lawyer. They wanted her to end up with somebody like in that same world. And we had kind of um, typical like white women. We had been like, he owns his own business. Like he's a gar- you know a landscaper. He owns his own business. Like it's fine. And then Natalie Morgan, friend of the pod, like reached out to us after the podcast and said like in black communities, education is held out very high because it's thought of as like the way that you overcome like discrimination and prejudice is like if you, you can be you know, twice as good and work twice as hard and be highly educated. Like that is really important. And so I thought that that was an interesting dynamic and an interesting story in Sam's family. Um, Who are because we, a black family. Yes. Okay. Because we've seen that before, like played out in pop culture. Um, it's just like clearly, I mean, we learned this from watching that movie. We learned this from Natalie. It's like clearly a part of like upper crust black society that we don't ever think about as right. white women. Um, right. And so you're right. It's just interesting that it's coming up in multiple things and sort of this like added pressure of him to be someone highly educated to do something great, not only as like a man from a esteemed, wealthy, educated family, but as like a black man from an esteemed, wealthy, right. educated family. I really like Sam. He's like, he's so he, sweet. He, I feel oh, very yeah. much, I feel very right. I feel about Sam like this this guy is so sweet and so cute and he's like so into her and she's like i'm too all for you but you're absolutely not the person for me like i really appreciate that they're getting to have like this hot vacation together but i don't think they should get married i love him i actually really like uh where his story of the book ends up because now we've both read it (laughs) yeah he seems probably like he is like the purest soul of her four guys like he has the like truest intentions he is the least jaded because he's 23 or some shit he's like i've never seen anything bad he has very little baggage he's like i mean he he has some family stuff he's kind of like dean light you know like dean's baggage was like real heavy um, but he was like young and just kind of he was like not always not always nice to women in a true. way that Sam would never. Although he's grown, he's evolved. Um, I think I hope. Carrie's good friend Dean from the Bachelor. Right. Um, but no, he just has that. He has like a real kind of like naivete, I think, yes. um, which is very charming in this. But like context. a big heart, and he's like clearly very attracted yes. to her. And he also is the best, I think, other than maybe Luke, who we've established like will fuck anything <laughs> like he just loves that he even says he's like in his hometown when she like meets his friends all of whom both male and female all of whom he slept with he's like i just really like having sex <laughs> like yeah so i believe that luke's attracted to her but like sam is like he's the one i'm like oh he is definitely absolutely attracted to her he thinks she's a babe she thinks he's a babe he's also i think like there's a there's a level to which sam is there's like an an admiration and a respect. Like he is so in awe yeah, of like she's... of like what she's built for herself and her career. And he's got that like doe-eyed 23-year-old thing going on where he's like, oh, like uh like a successful, like high-powered woman. Like I am into it. Yeah, like it would not be, it is not 
a relationship of equals and not just because of their age. Like it's not of a relationship of equals because he's like, she can never do anything wrong. And mm-hmm. she's like, you're the sweetest, but you're 23 years old. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, yeah. There's and- a little bit to an extent to which she like has her on a pedestal a little bit. Yes. Um, and to be fair, like, I think there are all the remaining ones with the exception of Wyatt who doesn't really get sexually attracted to people. Like they're all attracted to her. Yeah. Um, which is nice. Like I, we no longer, once Jefferson's gone, you no longer, like we, the reader are no longer wondering like why these guys are here. Right. Even though she maybe is. Yeah. And then we also get Asher. So we meet Asher's kids. Um, his daughter is like very cold toward her, towards her, which I appreciate. And we find out that his like wife left him, cheated on, cheated on him maybe, or just left cheated him on and his him children, and then left. Yeah, that's why he uh, has some trust issues. Yeah, so right, we get a little bit about like why this is maybe not an ideal process for Asher because he's been cheated on and he's been left, and he was left with like two little kids that he's raised on his own. There's one like line from when when we're reading like the chats between like watch parties and there's one line where it's like it's like i don't trust him because why would he leave his children just to come here and i was like yeah that's me as a watcher i would think the same thing and like, mm, you just abandon your children to come here <laughs> like, but- well i also love that because for so many years on the bachelor that was always the narrative around single moms that came on the show but it was yeah. never the narrative around single dads that came on the show and so i love that kate stamen london is like putting that narrative on the single dad and is being like if we're going to ask that of single moms as viewers, then we got to ask it of the single dads. Which, to be fair, I ask it of every parent that goes on a reality TV <laughs> show that means they have to be away from their child for a long period of time. It's like, yeah, and like not be in communication with them. Like currently I am watching a really esteemed show called um, Circle. And there is a woman on there who has a daughter catfishing as her husband. <laughs> it's hilarious. And she's my favorite. I want her to win next to Chloe, the woman from Too Hot to Handle. But she's like, I'm going to go and pretend to be my husband and pretend he's not married. Like, pretend he's a single father mm-hmm. raising our daughter alone. And everyone's, like, jizzing over it. Like, how hot this, like, single dad who clearly loves his daughter. And I was like, if this – she hasn't – the woman has not, like, out said it yet. But I was like, if this woman came on here and was, like – and just played herself – it, or even if she like whether she pretended to be single or not and was like yeah i have a daughter i left her with my husband whatever people would be like why would you leave your kid right yes. i was like see i asked that of all of you like if i was in the circle i'd be like hey trevor why did you leave your daughter if you're a single right. father right um but we get we see b with his children and it's charming and she like wins over the cold daughter um giving her like an old-timey movie yeah, and again, I'm cry- like I cried again. This this book was just a real roller coaster of emotions, man. Um, I think that this probably was like my favorite stretch of the book, just because there was so much that went on, and we got to know the four that are left remaining dudes. Yeah, like really well. Well, and again, I think we said this last time, but she does such a Kate Stephen London does such a good job of really like individualizing and differentiating these men and like giving them fully formed personhood and personalities, even though there's far more characters than there are in like a typical romance novel or rom-com book. Um, So I think that's a really challenging task in a book like this. And she does a really nice job. And she does it without like a ton of like, especially since she has, um, you know, a variety of like our and of our four remaining men, two of them are white and two of them are not. 
I guess Asher is half white is Jewish and Asian but like she does it without you know she Sam is not like the black guy like he's not given a bunch of like stereotypes where he's the black guy like his story is as we talked about like uniquely black American but he's not like any sort of archetype or stereotype of like a black person just so we'll remember that that's who he is and same with Mm -hmm. Asher like there's aspects of his life that like are clearly influenced by being Asian and Jewish but he's not you know playing a stereotype of either of those groups yeah um and i think that's a challenge i think in a book like this it'd be easy to like well i have to individualize these people so i'll just like pigeonhole them into their race or ethnicity or what have you and she's not doing that she's giving them all like deeper characters which is a lot of work to do in you know not a war and peace length novel (laughs) no no like the closest one to a stereotype is luke who's just you know a slutty frenchman (laughs) right but even like Luke, I feel him. like we, I mean, we get, but we get personality. I mean, like truly yeah. that's part of his personality is like, yeah, I like, I like sexing it up. And I want that for him, but maybe don't right. want to show where the end goal is to get married. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. So then where we kind of leave off in this section is after hometowns, it's the kiss off ceremony. And she, almost like comes very close to taking Wyatt up on his proposition of like keeping him around sort of as a safe choice should she decide that she doesn't actually want to pick anyone real like pick a real relationship not that their relationship's not real but like like just one person to commit to long term right um and so she like the expectation of marriage starts to send Luke home and then rethinks it and decides like no Like I have told myself now we've switched to like, I'm going to do this for real and I have to keep myself open even if it scares me. And so she lets Wyatt go and he's lovely about it. Yeah. And says, and I think he then comes out. She says like, Oh, I love Wyatt. She, she says like, I hope we can stay friends even if this is the end of our road. And he says like, I can't let you do this. You, you look like you're the villain. Um, I need, and he says, you're being brave and I need to be brave too. And then, he doesn't say the word like asexual or aromantic, but he says like, we love each other very much and we've gotten very close, but it is not romantic. I am not a person who has romantic feelings for other people. And B's the first person I ever told that to. And he's like very lovely about it. He like wishes the other guys well. He's like, he's like sweet to her. He just like everything we fucking lost in the um, Jefferson sign off, like why it earns back by just being an absolute sweetie yes yes it's this is the first like send sending home ceremony since jefferson and it's like a 180 from that so it's very refreshing and lovely yeah i mean we're both i think we both are continually like really enjoying discussing this book again if you are not reading it like highly recommend reading it it is just a joy agreed you can Find us on the internet. You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod. You can find us on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. Um, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can rate, review, and subscribe on all those platforms. Um, join us next week when we'll be watching Sliding Doors. And in two weeks, when we'll finish this book and talk a little bit more about what we don't talk about when we talk about fat. Yeah. Also this um, week, 
we um, are on the three gossip girls podcast again. So go check us out over there and listen to their podcast. Particularly if you're a gossip girl fan, we had a great conversation and we always love being on their podcast. We talked about an episode in season four. It was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye.